0: Okay, let's talk about it. What is up? What is up, everybody? It's your host, Nikki C. If this is your first time, welcome to, or if you're, yeah, if this is your first time, welcome to. If this is not your first time, welcome back to Biracy Unfiltered, a spiritual body podcast where I, your host, Nikki C, tell you all the tips and tricks and how I manifest in my dream life and how you can go ahead and manifest yours. Guys it has been fall chilly vibes oh my goodness like it is really fall here now we had a couple days in Colorado where it was like 75 and then like 80 but now it's finally like starting to drop into like the 60s and 50s and it's just ah it is such a vibe I'm so excited Scorpio season is almost upon us I'm so 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 excited okay so I really haven't caught you guys up much on my 90 day journey. I've really just been like in my shadow work journal, um, like a grandma, grandma with a peppermint <laughs> period, like deep in my shadow work guys. Um, but we're rounding to the end of my 90 days and I think what I've learned so much is just how to be my own best friend and what I expect in friendship and what I expect for myself and just how low of standards I had for myself and how low of such love that I had for myself. And I was just like, wow, you really, like, let those people do that to you, whether it was family, friends, fucking relationships. Like, I really did not care about myself in the situations that i was putting myself in it was very apparent that i didn't care about myself so i'm sorry i'm also a little nasally i don't know why like this fall air is just getting me but yeah so just going and ending this 90 days today is not the end of my 90 days october 24th will be the last day for me for my 90 days but I will not be kind of like it's going to be a different kind of episode for October 24th. It is going to be the boys to men episode, so I'm super excited. Um, I am just so excited to have all these wonderful men here and to be a part of this wonderful experience not even be a part of it, but like be hosting it. So it's gonna be really great, so I'm excited. But yeah, I've learned a lot. Um, I'm probably going to do like a 90 days recap video on Instagram. So if you're not following me, you should be. So it's Nikki underscore Chandler 719 because we divinely find fine. Guys, I need to find like a tissue or something because like, oh, I am fucking so congested right now. Okay, I'm so sorry. I had to, like, blow my nose. I knew that was going to be super loud, so I had to pause my mic. Okay, so as you can kind of tell by this title, we're going to kind of have a story time. We have not had a story time in a long-ass time, and I feel like I should come on here and kind of tell y'all my story. Um, I know you guys have gotten to know me a little bit. I know I have some new followers, so I just kind of wanted to tell you guys my Meghan Markle story. And if you don't know who Meghan Markle is, she is the biracial baddie who bagged herself a prince (laughs) and is wonderfully married and the mother of his children to Prince Harry. And there's a whole Netflix documentary about their story and just what it was like for her to kind of grow up the way she did, what her life was like, and then what it was like for her to marry prince harry to date him and to be going into the royal family and what that was like and how they got kicked out of the royal family or not really kicked out but they chose to leave it talks about in the documentary okay let them explain their story if you want to watch it it's on netflix but when i first watched the netflix documentary it was so powerful for me because i i For a long time, like before I met Keisha, I did not have any other biracial friends. I didn't have anybody who really knew what the biracial experience was like or anything that was really close to it. I had a lot of friends that understood what the black American experience was like and um, it's similar, but it's not exactly the same. And... Going and just discovering so much more about my biracial side and just what it really means to be biracial and some of the like actual real life trauma and the real life fucking mental illness that comes with being biracial of like always being told that you're half of something and never feeling whole, never feeling like you belong, never feeling like what you're doing is good enough and never feeling like nobody's ever going to really see you for you as a whole person, but they're always going to see you as mixed or by biracial or like half of something like um being called a half breed like that's a whole fucking thing and there's just like a lot of movies that I look back on now and I'm like damn like I really like these movies because they talk about how you can basically be both. like it's really like it's funny it's funny but this is my story completely unfiltered um a little unedited, there are some things that I have taken out or changed, like, names, um, not giving you details like that, because I, I tell y'all, I really think my family would sue me, I really think my family would sue me, um, like, they just wanna, you'll hear it, you're gonna hear it in the story, I have all the show notes written, so this is gonna be a long episode, so this is the episode, like, if you, are like trying to look for a short episode go to a different one because this is not going to be the episode this is going to be like an hour and 45 minutes long I'm so sorry y'all but I might do a part two if it's really long I'll do a part two but it definitely is going to be about an hour episode so sit back relax and enjoy okay so this is my Meghan Markle story or how I got kicked out of the kingdom of glass and I know that's such a dramatic title but I fucking love it so I call it the kingdom of glass because just a little pre-backstory before the backstory my family definitely was raised to be that perfect um like what is it nuclear family that perfect nuclear family the mom three kids all that good stuff and you can go deeper into family dynamic Relations and the scapegoat and the prize child and all of that. You can go deep into that and figure out all of that for my own family, but we're not getting that deep. Ooh, that's deep, bitch. That's deep. But I call it the glass house because, or the kingdom of glass, because no matter what, everybody has done something fucked up in my family, and they all like to pretend like they haven't. And it was just ridiculous. It was fucking ridiculous. So let's talk about it. Let's fucking talk about it. I need get, I need to be high for this. Okay, so first things first, we need to talk about my childhood. So <coughs> during my childhood, My extended family was my best friends. Like, I loved going to my grandma's house. I loved hanging out with my aunt. Like, we never really vibed too much. Like, I always felt like I wasn't good enough for my aunt, like, educationally. Like, she was a teacher. She just, like, really found a really deep love for education because my grandfather had pushed it on her. But she... We're gonna call... Because I have two aunts, so I want to be able to differentiate them so we're gonna call one of them i would call her aunt karen on tiktok so we gonna call her aunt karen so aunt karen was a teacher is a teacher whatever and she just has a lot of hard work towards education there's nothing wrong with that aunt karen is a boss ass bitch all right i'm gonna let you all know like As much as I don't fuck with my aunt on a personal level, like, what she does, like, for herself and for her career, she's that bitch, all right? Like, she is a great fucking mom. She makes sure her kids are well provided for. They don't want for shit. Fucking, so, like, I see that for her. I see that for her. She does great with that. I will give her her credit every single time with that. Like, she is a boss-ass bitch. Now, emotional regulation and feelings... Girl. That's a negative. That's a negative. And you wanna know what's crazy is she's a Taurus. And like no fucking duh. Like Earth sign energy, hard headed. It's just giving Taurus energy. So yeah, Aunt Karen's a fucking Taurus, and that's basically how that was. But she just like always made me feel like I wasn't good enough. But my other extended family, my uncles, they were great. I also have two uncles, so uncle michael uncle michael was great um my uncle michael was my best friend for so fucking long like he and i rocked together that was my homie like ever since i was younger like when my grandfather passed like a lot of that love that i had for my grandfather poured into my uncle michael and it was really sad to see where our relationship is now and I still have a really hard time up with it. But I pray for him. I pray for him. So everybody else though I rocked with, they were really my best friends. I was the only grandchild for a long time. Like I think Ooh, um I wanna say I was in middle school. I think middle school when my cousins were born. They are they're twin 11 eh, Eleven eleven on the count. Stop. That's so funny because it was eleven eleven on the count, and November eleventh, 11-11 is their fucking birthday. So eh, I love my cousins so much, being much. They're so fucking cute. Um, I go hard for my cousins, yo. I go hard for my cousins. They are my, mm, they're my babies. They're my babies. Um, but anyway, sorry. So everybody else, so I was really cool with my extended family. I was the only. Um, grandchild for a really long time. I was the only niece for a very long time. So I did get a lot of that first, you know, first baby love. And I was the only one of my cousins, like I'm the only grandchild to have been able to meet my grandfather. So I was the only one that had a relationship with my grandfather. And you know, that that hurt my aunt a little bit. I really do think it did. My aunt, Karen, she is the youngest in my family, so to not be able to have her children know her dad, like that has to be really hard. That has to be really hard and I can't imagine what that's like. So I do feel for her. 12 12 on the count. <clears throat> um I did write down show notes. So uh so when so my aunt Karen, yo, my aunt Karen has so much time on her hands. This is how I know. I'm like, girl, what you bugging for? So when I was younger, I would be, I was on Facebook, I was on Facebook in the early 2000s, um, when it came out early 2000s, I'm over here like 2015, but I guess like early 2000s, so in the early 2000s, I was like really on Facebook, and I, I came from the generation of like, we tweet about everything, like we share everything, like I fucking posted on Instagram my fucking acai bowl, like, (laughs) you care about what I'm eating, you care about every single thought that goes through my head, because my parents didn't, so let me find my internet friends and my internet tribe that do, because obviously you don't give a fuck, so I'm gonna find the people that do give a fuck, and that's literally what this whole generation, my generation, was built on. So, I said, when I was younger, and I still stand by this to this day, so fuck y'all, Um, I think that 420 should be a national holiday. I think we should be able to get paid for it. I think we should be able to thank scientists and thank the people that have really pushed fucking the laws and pushed the fucking demographic and changed the narrative of what drugs look like and what drugs are and been able to give fucking true medication to people who fucking need it for people who have seizures, for people who have fucking glaucoma, for people that don't want to fucking be on these goddamn fucking... I'm really passionate about this, you People who don't want to be on these fucking opioids that want fucking something that's natural, natural, that grows out of the fucking ground that God gave us to use. Like, what the fuck? Like... I just, I can't, I can't. So I think 420 should be a national holiday. I thought this when I was 15. I still think this today when I'm 26. I'm going to think this here in a couple months when I'm 27 too. So don't trip on me. (laughs) And we both live in the 719 right now. So we both live in a state where marijuana is legally, legal, medical, medically and recreationally. So I just think it's funny that you wanted the hate on me while you live in a state where weed is free. You live in a town where weed is not free. Sorry. Weed is legal. Like the fuck? But basically, Aunt Karen called my mom when I was younger. And do I think that I should have been posting about marijuana in an illegal state when I was underage? No. (laughs) Four for four on the count. And I see where she was trying to come from. I do see that it was trying to come from a place of love, but, like, you could have done it in so many other ways. And the fact that, like, you don't really give a fuck about me or my mom, like, I knew it wasn't coming from really a place of love, but more of a place of, like, you need to control your child. (laughs) Bitch, shut up. <laughs> but my aunt Karen flipped on my mom. Called my mom. It was so fucking stupid. Like, it was this whole fucking thing, and I got banned from Facebook. I always heard in my house, Nicole, you need to be careful with your posts. Nicole, you need to be careful what you post. Bitch, I don't give a fuck, bitch. I'm motherfucking unfiltered. I don't care. I made a career off of it. Get the fuck out my face. Like, what you mean? I need to watch what I say? Bitch, it's been biracially unfiltered. It'll always be biracially unfiltered. I'm tired of these hoes. (laughs) I'm sorry. It is so hard because, like, I loved my family so much. I still do. I still do. I don't want to say loved, like, past tense, but the love is so different. And I'm going to tell you how intense this shit got. So my uncles were cool as fuck during my childhood. Like I said, I have my uncle Michael. He is great. Absolutely love him. Dope. I uncle, I I uncle. I also have my uncle Richard. Um, he's really dope. My uncle Richard is the shit. He, um, mountain climbs. He's a scientist. He's just a cool fucking dude. Like he's so chill and laid back. So my Uncle Richard is married to my Aunt Karen, right? And it's just, like, when opposites attract. But, like, I know she had to be cool because my Uncle Richard is so cool, dude. So it's, like, I know there had to be something about you when you were younger that he still sees. And I just don't know what the fuck it is. But, like, pop off, sis. Like, I don't, I don't know. I just I pray for my Uncle Richard, yo. I, he is such a good man. He is such a good man. And I know there's love because they had two girls. And I just believe that girls are made from such pure love. So. Anyway. Disclaimer. Um, People change. People grow apart. And you're family when you act like family. And these are my feelings. This is my perspective. I want to put a huge disclaimer out there. Because I know my cousins watch my content. I don't know if y'all listen to my content, but like, I know my cousins watch my content. I see their views in my, um, views. Like, I see them on my TikTok and shit. And I, they, I know they follow me on Instagram and I follow them back. What's up? I love you, fam. But I'm going to be fucking unfiltered. I'm going to be so fucking uncandid with this shit. But this was my perspective. This was my life. This is what happened to me. And my Uncle Michael can literally say, like, well, that's not the facts, and I, your feelings and emotions get too clouded. (laughs) Literally, that's what he says. He, I just, I can't, this man, I can't, this man, this man, and not in a good way, but if you're listening to it, and you want to come on, talk about it, we can come on the podcast, we can come on the podcast, and we can talk about it. That's the problem, is that, like, y'all don't really want to talk about it, Y'all really don't want to talk about it and actually own up to the fact that you fucking made your mother cry and you made this whole family turn into something that it didn't because you're a fucking racist piece of shit. But anyway, okay, so hashtag I pray for you. But I really looked up to my family. I wanted to move to Colorado so bad. I literally dreamed about living here. I used to manifest living here. My Aunt Karen one time found out that I was trying to move here and she told me not to. She told me that it was a bad idea, that she didn't want me to move here, that I would ruin everything, that she had this whole life set up and that it took her forever to make friends when she, like, she really did not want me to move out here. She made it seem like it would be so hard for me to make friends. Bitch, it really wasn't that hard. Have you met me? No, obviously not. So, I, like, did not want me to move out here. Um... My mom, she does not get along with her siblings, so, like, we never really had a great relationship. Like, when I came out here, I definitely, when I moved out here and started living out here, I learned the difference between living and vacationing and how people treat you differently when you live versus when you vacation. Um, when I vacationed, I had family dinners at my aunt's house, at my Aunt Karen's house. Um, they would take me, she would take me to the movies, we would go get pedicures. Yeah, Aunt Karen! Aunt Karen used to always do the shit with me when I was vacationing, when I was visiting. Now that I live here, um I think I had dinner over at her at her house twice, and I'm telling you, if looks could kill, I would have been dead as soon as I walked in the door. Like I was like, "Ooh, I don't know if I should eat the food. I think she might poison me." Oh, <laughs> like she don't fuck with me she does not fuck with me but the reason why i respect my aunt karen on a second level truly is because i know that she don't fuck with me she she is not too fa- like she's not two-faced in the fact that she's gonna be like oh nicole like we we really miss you and we want to be able to have family time with you like no she gonna keep it a buck and like i hate to say it 2020 on the count but i respect that i respect someone who's gonna be like no nah, i just don't fuck with you like I don't care that we're family, sorry, because I'm the exact same way, and that's the Taurus energy, and I think I can see that, and I can feel that, but she's my sister sign, of course I'm not gonna fuck with her sometimes, so, like, that's the thing, like, about Aunt Karen is that I see why she is the way that she is, and it has taken me so long to get to this retrospection, guys, like, I'm telling you, oh my god, because I used to just cry, I used to cry that I wasn't good enough for my family. I used to cry that I was literally the... Like, before I knew what the black sheep was, I already felt it. And to feel that as a child is so fucked up. Like, to feel like that as a child is so fucked up. Um... But there's a lot of history with my mom and her family, and I'm not going to go too much into that because that kind of goes into, like, my mom's childhood and I wasn't there for that, 21-21 on the count. But I do hope that one day that my mom comes on here and gets unfiltered because I'm telling you, my mom may be fully Caucasian and look like fucking sour cream, but she cultured. She woke. She woke as hell. Like, she fucking asked me the other day, what was it? um she asked me something like about hair she was like oh do you know what a fade is I was like bitch what the fuck you mean do I know what a fade is like but it's funny because like I she knows that I grew up in a culture where I wouldn't know what a fade is so like for her to be like so do you finally know what a fade is it's funny so like I really think like I would love for my mom to be able to come on the podcast and talk to you guys and for you guys to see our interaction because there was a time where I fucking hated my mom Where I was like, if you die, bitch, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to dance on your grave. And now I'd actually be sad if she died. um, If she died. When she dies. But, you know, so it's like, full circle. But, anyway. (laughs) My family really never um, came to visit. Like, I said, like, I would come out here. They would never come to Illinois to see us. Like, I think my family came to see me, like, twice in Illinois, and they never let us know that they were coming. It was just, like, a surprise visit, which, like, I don't do that shit. Like, who the fuck does that? And, like, the more and more I realize as an adult, I'm like, that is so fucked up. Like, what the fuck are you doing here? Um, but as I got older, things kind of changed, and I also believe this is because my Aunt Karen and Uncle Michael started having their own kids. So... Like I said, my cousins were born on 11-11. I'm not going to give out their year because that's fucking weird. But they're Scorpio twins. I absolutely love them. I think it's really cool that they were born on 11-11 and they're both twin girls. Eh, shout out to my spiritual baddies. They don't even know. But they be spiritual baddies. Um, But the thing was, I feel like they loved me but didn't like me. From 2015 to like 2019... Um, I was going through some of the hardest shit in my fucking life. Um, I was really, so 2015, I graduated high school. So in 2015, I graduated high school and, uh, I got kicked out. So I got kicked out of my house in 2015. My dad kicked me out, my stepdad, and my mom really didn't do much. Like I moved in with one of my best friends. I was in a s- mm, safe environment. That's a whole other story. That's a whole other story time. <laughs> That's a whole other story time. But <clears throat> I was in a pretty safe environment for the most part. Um but so my mom and my dad just decided to try to work on their marriage and it didn't work out obviously. But from 2015 so I got kicked out of the house, I at the time, didn't have a car. I had no way of making money. I had never had any job experience. Um, And my grandma literally stepped in and saved me. My grandma stepped in and saved me in a time where none of my family gave a fuck. None of my family gave a fuck. And this is the time where I really started having... My drug, like, I had started drugs for the first time. I don't want to say I was in my full-flood addiction, but I definitely had started drugs for the first time. I had started smoking weed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I would say, like, because I was working at Chipotle, and I was buying weed off of this one girl at Chipotle. Um, Her name was Emma. Shout out, Emma! Emma was a real one. Um, But i really started smoking weed for the first time i started drinking excessively this is where i was like bringing vodka bottles to my college classes like i literally had two bottles of shredka in my backpack no books and i remember i went to school from like 7:45 all the way till 2 p.m Ugh, i don't know why the fuck i did that to myself i literally was like i'm gonna have a high school schedule because i'm used to it i hated that shit hated that shit But I also think I was just going, I was going through so much. My parents were getting a divorce. Um, I'm pretty sure my dad was like coming out as gay. I don't really know. It's still in court. I don't, we don't, I know you're about, we ain't go about to fucking fly right past that. We have to, we have to guys. We have to go past that. Um, I don't know if my dad is gay or not. Um, it's, he has a girlfriend, but sorry, insert crickets, but anyway, So I was going through a lot during that time. I dropped out of college. Um, I started working in a strip club because I needed money. I was trying to figure out how to make rent. I started wanting to live life because, like, the thing was, I was like, I'm the one that's putting gas money in my car. I'm the one that's having to pay for my own shampoo. I'm the one that's having to pay for my own, like, living expenses, like my own tampons, and it was really hard because, I had not had a job, and I never had some, somebody teach me money. I never had somebody... Because I came from a family of a single income. My mom was getting disability money from the government, and then my dad was a boat mechanic. It, he had a blue-collar job. It wasn't like he was making... like, a, And not like a good blue-collar job. Like We did the best we could, but we definitely grew up not wealthy. Not at all. It was definitely a paycheck-to-paycheck house. And I could tell the days where the money was real thin, like for real, for real. Um, but my parents, they did the best they could. Like, I don't want to say that I had a shitty childhood, but it wasn't glamorous. And I don't want you guys to feel that way. Did Was I able to do high school sports and have equipment and shoes and things like that? Yes, I was very blessed to have those things. But I also grew up in a school where I bet you if you took a screenshot of the fucking high school parking lot where the students park, there's at least five Teslas in there. At least. So it can't... I, growing up poor in a rich school sucks. I'm just going to let you all know. It's not the worst. Like, obviously, I could have had it way worse. But it's just my experience. That's all I'm saying. So after that, I went worked at Chipotle. Um, I... Forgot what happened. Oh, I got really pissed off at one of my managers. And that's a whole other story time about my manager that worked at Chipotle. That literally, I saw these adults have an orgy. I think that's also why I don't take work seriously. Because I literally saw, like, the AGM, the supervise, like, four supervisors all have, like, a fucking orgy. And, like, shit one night it was crazy. It was fucking crazy. Um, yeah, I saw some weird shit when I was younger and I also went to this party. like this all happened in the span of these like couple years. I went to this party that got shot up. It was the first time me going to a party. I was living on my own. So like I lived with my friend and her parents cause I was fucking 17 at the time. Yeah. Cause you graduate. Yeah. I was 17 at the time. I would was- just was turning 18 and I was living on my own. I basically like paid them rent, and like came and go as I pleased. And it was hard because they would try to have house rules on me, and they'd be like, "Why are you coming home so late?" And I'm like, "Well, I work until eleven. Like I'm clo like I would be working the closing shift, and the closing shift sometimes was till eleven. And then I would go out and grab food because I didn't want to make food while I was." at the house because everybody's trying to sleep. So I worked the later shift and like her mom understood, but it was so hard. It was so hard for me. Like I really, it got to the point where I was like, I need to move out. And I, there were some other things that were definitely determining factors of me needing to move out. And that is something that I want to talk about in another episode of feeling unsafe around people you should feel safe around and it's a big reason of why I moved out of my friend's house. Um, yeah, but that's not this episode. Let's go. Mm, I hope no one in Johnsburg hears that episode. Actually, I hope everybody in Johnsburg hears that episode. Anyway, so there are adults that have been guides that I needed during this time, and there was a relationship that I had with my twin flame that I've told you guys about. The Torres that I dated for two two years, about two and a half years. And it was, it was my twin flame relationship. It was so fucking difficult. It was so hard. It was the most toxic relationship that I've ever been in. It was the relationship where he fucking threw me down the stairs. And I had a miscarriage. It was the relationship where I fucking broke my femur and I have a rod in my leg. Um, It was the relationship where I got trapped in a fucking closet and my best friend at the time, RIP Jackie, I fucking love you, had to literally come and find me and unlock the fucking door and untie me. So yeah, there was a lot that was going on during that time where I would have loved to have some family around or even like had someone call me and check in on me but no my aunt was screaming at me telling me that I was ungrateful how awful I was that she never wanted me to come to Colorado that I was taking advantage of my grandmother that I'm just like my mom plot twist here the fuck I am what's up what's up aunt Karen what's up what's good Thirty one, thirty one on the count ho guys and Karen be a trip and can't be a trip so yes I moved to the 719 here up in Colorado July 2019 so I moved out here like I said guys I was running away I literally told only a few people I told my like bar friends that I was leaving but that was it I didn't tell my dad I didn't tell my mom Um, I didn't tell my abusive ex. I was trying to keep that shit so quiet from him because I was so scared that he would follow me because I had brought him to Colorado previously. So he knows like where my neighborhood is. I don't know if he'd be able to find it, but like, I was so scared. I was so effing scared. I was just like in such a hard place. I was still in the middle of my fucking addiction. I tried to kick that shit. I went hard. I remember like I was going hard as fuck before i fucking left like i literally took my rent money like all my rent money that i had saved up and i was like short i was short maybe like 100 or like 200 bucks but i still had a good majority of it and like i could have probably just like given him that money and then told him like hey i'm moving out anyway like but i did i was gonna break the lease and like it was a lot there was so much going on like i was at i was hitting rock bottom Like, this was my rock bottom tower moment. Like, call it what you want, but it was so fucking hard. And some people look at it and be like, the miscarriage, the getting thrown down the stairs wasn't, wasn't, the breaking your femur, that wasn't rock No, no, baby, that was not rock bottom. The moment that I got tied up and Jackie told me, bitch, if you don't move to Colorado, I'm going to put your ass on the fucking plane and do it myself. That was rock bottom because I still wanted to stay. And, but I moved here. And I thank her every single day for pushing me to do that. I moved here. um, And, yeah, I was invited to be a part of Uncle Michael's family. Really not Aunt Karen, though. Um, My Uncle Michael would, you know, go out of town with his family on vacation or whatever and ask me to watch the house. And, like, that was pretty cool. So I would just have, like, pizza ordered to the house or whatever and just, like, watch the house. Um, And... I forgot where I was working at the time, but yeah, I was working somewhere and I'd like go back and forth, but that was pretty cool. Um, let's see. The only time I really saw like Aunt Karen was if she like would come over to like my uncle Michael's house and we were all there for like a family birthday party or something. That was like really the only time. Um, let's see. Oh. This brings us to, like, so that's basically the childhood, guys. Like, that's really, like, my teenage years, like, I started being, like, a little rebel. And my Aunt Karen really kind of stopped fucking with me. Um, my Uncle Michael, like, because I, I'm i just going to say it unfiltered as fuck. I know that he's done drugs. Um, hard drugs. <laughs> so, I think he definitely looked at it more of, like, it's just weed, Karen. Like we, you know, like, eventually it's, like, there's other shit that's more prevalent, and y'all are really out here fucking smoking crack and shit, and doing crack, and, like, what, can I say anything? No, I was snorting the shit up, too. I was never lighting this shit, you know, like, when you start lighting your bowl from the bottom, like, we just really can't hang out anymore, you know what I mean? Like, I'm a light from the top type of girl, not from the bottom, so, mm, but, once i moved out here um i didn't have any friends i had nobody out here like i said i wasn't fucking with my family it's not like they were asking me to come over and hang out and my cousins are younger like my oldest cousins are turning 18 on november 11th so they're very impressionable they're very young i totally understand it um so when i moved out here I didn't really hang out with anybody. I really just, like, did a lot of stuff by myself, which I had to, and it was a really great experience. I went to museums by myself, 555 on the count. I went out to lunch by myself. I went to movies by myself. Like, I would drive all the way up to Denver and to Golden by myself to go and do things that were just – it was a lot of fun. But, ooh, 2020 hit, and COVID hit, and, um – The Trump and BLM riots, that's what I like to call them, the 2020 riots, really kicked off. And I have talked about my 2020 riot story, so if you want to go ahead and listen to that, you can. Y'all, I was painting in a park. I was painting in a park and something, universe, whatever it was, felt so pulled to go and see what these people were talking about. I had heard people talking about the protests. I wasn't really going I just, like, really didn't see what the point was. Like, I didn't understand why people were freaking out about it. Um, And I remember I literally told one of my friends at the time, like, she was protesting. And I was like, why are you protesting? And she was like, a cop killed this dude. And I was like, okay. And, like, to me, that was, like, so normal. I was like, okay, and and she was like, Nikki, that's fucked up, and I was like, and the excuse that I had was such, like, fed by the media, it was crazy, the answer that I gave her, I was like, yeah, but didn't he have, like, a counterfeit doll? like, didn't he try to pay with, like, counterfeit money, and the fact that I thought that that was okay was just so crazy, but if you want to go ahead and hear that whole fucking story, that's on another episode of the 2020 Riot episode, but, during that time so after the protest and i got hit by a car and all that stuff so yes if you didn't know i got hit by a car at the colorado springs protest you can google it and find me now there, there i'll be with my fucking bleached blonde hair you'll you'll see me really going through it like when i tell y'all oh 2020 was having me go through it i was having an identity identity crisis um but I started protesting. So I started protesting in the BLM protest. My family was not happy. Oh, they were not happy about that. They were not happy. They were like, why the fuck are you protesting? You're standing up for a man who literally is a drug dealer. Like, And it was the fact that they were standing up for a man that was just as awful, if not worse. They were standing up for Trump. And my uncle believes that the kkk are good people he believes that they are outstanding citizens that and i'm like okay but when they put on their little white hood and they go and vandalize and go kill people then they're still good people but he voted for the grabber by the pussy and he has a daughter and it really fucks with me yeah my uncle michael and that's really where our relationship really started to turn sour and that's where it was really hard for me um when I got hit by the car, a lot of people found out about it. I wasn't silent about it. I had talked about what had happened um i had I lost a lot of friends. I lost a lot of friends. um A lot of people told me like that I was playing stupid games and I won a stupid prize. like I was just so ostracized by my own family, by my own community. I felt like I had nobody. I truly felt the most alone in my entire life. I tried to commit suicide. Um, It was so fucking hard. It was so fucking hard. And only the universe can give karma. And it's really just... Only the universe can give karma and only God can judge. And the fact that you wanted to judge a man based on what you found out about him on the news that man had a daughter, that man had a family, that was somebody's son. And it's just that people don't see people for who they are. And it really, really hurts. It really hurts to the fact that it's like, you're not even, not even going to give someone the chance to get to know them. And I understand like for safety and boundaries, I understand we're all human and we're made of these little flesh sacks, flesh sack suits, but to just judge someone, without even sitting down getting to hear their story like what who do you think you are you're not god you are not god and there was a man we're gonna go on a little side story here there was a man in colorado who was shot by the police man, named devon bailey forty forty on the count and devon was being followed by sex trafficking police now Was he sex trafficking? I don't know, because the cops shot him and there was no jury to figure it out. But were they following him possibly for a reason? Possibly. Was he being wrongly profiled? We don't know, because we don't have any of the evidence now. But even if he was, I'm a victim of rape. And if you really want to go and fucking hear my fucking rape story, I don't really know if that's something I want to talk about, but, like, we can talk about it maybe. Um, But, like, I was raped... And I'm going to say that as a rape victim, I would fucking hate if someone shot my rapist. No, I want you to fucking live out your days in fucking jail because death is too easy. Death is you got away with it. You didn't have to fucking suffer. You didn't have to answer for any of your fucking consequences. So you for you just to think that, oh, he's a fucking rapist and he should just fucking die. Like, obviously, you've never been raped and I can tell that you haven't. And for you to even say that that is what he deserved, you're just a piece of shit. And that's really what I believe for my Uncle Michael. And he really thought that the police did a great thing. And I was like, so they never, he never got his day in court. Those people never actually got real closure. Like, okay, yeah, he's dead. But, like, he didn't have to answer for anything that he possibly could have put them through. Like, if it was me, I would have rather have my rapist rot in jail and think about his death like death is too easy i'm sorry that's really just what i believe and i have a friend who i want to have come on the podcast and talk about grief and talk about what happened with her cousin because her something traumatic happened and her cousin's boyfriend died and it was just fucked up because i feel like there was no one to really answer for and there was no one to blame so after I got hit by the car, um, I didn't tell my family though. They found out by TV and by the news. I think I didn't tell my family. I wasn't close with them. Why would I tell you? Plus also I feel like I was going to be in trouble because I was standing up for something that I knew they weren't going to believe in. I didn't hear from my extended family at all guys. I didn't hear from them for months. Like I said, I was told, like, oh, you played a stupid game. You win stupid prizes. It was really hard. Like I said, during that time, like, I tried to kill myself. I tried to over... Because I went to the hospital. Obviously, I got hit by the car and went to the hospital. They gave me a bunch of opioids, as they always do. And I tried to take a bunch of them. And there is this one girl that she was like, Nikki, you need to get off this shit. Because I was very honest with her. I was very transparent. I told her what happened. I told her what I tried to do. And I was like, okay, I need to get off this shit. And during this time, I was watching a lot, a lot of BLM content, guys. And when I mean BLM content, I'm talking about Dear White People. I'm talking about freaking Roots. (laughs) I'm talking about, like, everything that I could consume that was, like, Black Lives Matter, Black Education. Like, I was consuming it at such a high velocity that what I am about to say, it may shock some people. (laughs) No, um, did I agree with everything with BLM? No, but yes. Like, did I agree that they should be fucking lighting buildings on fire? No, I don't think anybody should be lighting buildings on fire, but how am I to fucking sit here and tell a black mom who just watched her fucking 15 year old son get shot by the police? that she shouldn't burn down the police station. How the fuck am I supposed to say that? How, who the fuck am I? 44, 44 on the count. Who the fuck am I to say that shit? To really stand there and be like, ma'am, you're doing the most. What? Sit the fuck down, you light-skinned biracial bitch. Like, (laughs) I'm sorry. Like, to really not understand someone's experience and then see the, the anger and see the true rage that they are, not even expressing that i know that you would like if it was reversed if white people were the minority or the underclass race and fucking black people were the majority oh my god they would release the anger white people would release the anger so quickly and i know they do because fucking look at road rage look at the people that literally get so fucking mad driving and pull over and shoot people in their car crazy shit, man. I just, I can't, I can't. They be doing the most. White people will be doing the most. And I can say that because I'm half white and I be doing the most sometimes. Sometimes I be doing the fucking most. Mm. So I started having vibrational brain and biracial brain is just like I see both sides of it and I always wonder if other biracial kids when I get Keisha back on here I'm gonna talk to her about it but biracial brain is like when you see both sides and it's like let's not riot but would you like would white people have actually cared if nothing happened like that's the thing too it's like I feel like in history, black people do have to riot, do have to fucking do the fucking most for you to fucking even pay attention because y'all don't give a fuck. And it's like, unless someone does the most, then y'all don't pay attention. And it's literally the same in families. Like my family is exact same. Like if you're not doing the fucking most, whether that's educational, fucking your schoolwork, like, okay, my cousins are literally in honors classes, fucking extracurriculars, fucking sports. Like, they do the damn thing. My cousins are out here doing the fucking damn thing, but my, like, if y'all have ever seen fucking the movie, I'm about to say Moana, but that's not right, Encanto. Guys, when Encanto came out, that was about my family. I felt personally victimized by Encanto because, like, my cousins, my fucking twin cousins, they are fucking louisa or yeah louisa they work so fucking hard they do the fucking most they're just always out here doing shit and it's like sometimes i wonder if they did nothing like if they just chilled and just were kids if aunt karen would still love them the as much as she like you know what i mean you know what i mean watch the movie if you haven't seen Encanto, 12 20 out of 10 recommend go watch Encanto. if you have family problems which if you're here you might (laughs) stop but like the biggest thing that I really picked up from the 2020 riots is that humans need to stop debating over other human rights period like I cannot take any more people being like black people don't deserve fucking health care because they feel it. what the fuck Clarence what the actual fuck did just came out your mouth like I'm so sick of people being like women's fucking birth control can't be on the fucking non-tax list what the fuck but your viagra is how the fuck is viagra on the insurance list but birth control wasn't for so long like we already know why but like come on come on like if you know you know but shit like we need to stop having human rights being debated by uh, like what no 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 every human has the right to life liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, I don't give a fuck what nobody says, like, the fact that y'all are over here literally making money off the shit that you be putting people away for is fucking ridiculous, and it's time to fucking stop, and if you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, we're gonna be real fucking unfiltered, it's the fucking American government and all these fucking white business owners literally selling marijuana and now selling psychedelic shrooms that they were fucking putting black people and hispanic people away for, That shit is so fucked up. How the fuck are you, like, literally... How's the government paying for their bills with drug money when you were arresting people for paying for their bills with drug money? Make it make sense, you dumb fuck. Anyway, sorry, this is getting off my Meghan Markle story. I'm so sorry, guys. But this is kind of, like, where we're heading, though, because for a long time, I got called racist. Ooh, I got called racist. I remember... we're coming up to my second aunt. So my second aunt is married to Uncle Michael and we're going to call her Aunt Jenny. Aunt Jenny. So Aunt Jenny, ooh, let me tell you about Aunt Jenny. Oh, we can't air that. No, I don't know. Maybe we can air that. Maybe we can air that. I got the time today. I got the time today. E hey. So, and Jenny has been a whirlwind, guys. Like, just... No, I ain't gonna be rude. I'm not gonna be rude. And Jenny has just suffered a lot with alcoholism and just having an alcohol addiction, along with a few other things I probably cannot mention. <laughs> but, you know, she's suffered with an alcohol addiction, and I have suffered with an addiction as well, so I really shouldn't be shitting on her like that. Um, but it's the don't throw stones when you live in a glass house that's really what it is because i really could air all your shit out in my book like i want to write a book so bad guys i really do called like biracial brain just talk about like what it was like to grow up in the area that i did and seeing the things that i see now and seeing things a lot differently from a biracial angle and I had high hopes for Aunt Jenny. I had high hopes for Aunt Jenny so much, but yeah. But I got called racist. Aunt Jenny. Um it was after the capital um fuck, what are they calling it? If you don't know, because I have some listeners that live are actually in Canada in New Zealand. So in I think it was like twenty twenty two maybe 2021. I don't really know. It was the year of the election when Biden got elected. They stormed the Capitol. That's what it was. They stormed the Capitol and it was this huge fucking thing. And this fucking legislative leader thanked Hitler for something. And there was a noose on the Capitol and it was just this crazy fucking thing. And It was so much right. And they sent the fucking black security guard with nothing but a fucking baton to go fight off these fucking Trump, black, anti-black hate. What the fuck? I can't. So I sent them A TikTok that said basically this girl's making an empanada and oh shit I just dropped my microphone I am so sorry I just dropped the mic um but she was making an empanada and I sent them this video and it was basically saying like I'm sorry but if you support Trump you're a racist and I just that's what I feel and that's really still what I feel um this isn't a political podcast so I'm not trying to get all up in that area I'm just telling you what the fuck it was how I felt at the time There you go. So I got called racist and it takes one to know one. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I'm so petty with it. still. I'm still petty with it. Um, because I do have one. I have white friends. I just want that to be the disclaimer. I do have white friends. I may not have a lot of white friends, but I do. I don't have a lot of friends in general. That's the fucking thing. I can really like, if I don't count my wife because she's my wife, I can count all my friends on one hand. Like, let's go. Like, my real true A1 day ones, we hang out, I FaceTime them, they're my fucking support line. I can count them all on one hand. And I'm, I love to say that. That's a flex for me. That's a fucking flex for me. Um, But I would say that I wasn't racist, but I feel like I had a lot of anger. I had a lot of anger towards the white demographic um I felt like I had been lied to I felt like I had been shown what isn't correct for black culture I feel like I've been shown this narrative and made forced to be racist almost towards my own culture to my own my own people and then made to feel like I was ugly made to feel that if I showed any type of black culture I was ghetto I was something that would never be loved that I was something that was undesirable, like, I remember going to school, and growing up, and thinking that I was ugly, that I wasn't pretty, that I was fucking disgusting, that I wasn't skinny enough, like, I literally had an eating disorder, because I was seeing people that never looked like me, I never got asked out on dates, I never was considered a pretty girl in school, um, and it was because, like, the guys just didn't have that favor, like, none of the boys in my school probably ever saw a black girl or saw their friends date a black girl or their brother date a black girl or their dad date a black girl like no they all dated white girls their grandpa probably married a white girl and their dad probably married a white girl and there's nothing wrong with white girls but when you're that's the only thing that you're shown you're never gonna go out and try something new at the age of 14 you're not so that took a lot of toll on my self-esteem and getting called racist was really, like, ugh, it was hard, and I think I was maybe for a little bit, like, I was just so angry, I was just so angry at the Caucasian descended people, um, and, you know, I got hit, and I just felt so unsafe in my own family, like, I was just learning so much about these people, and, like, when I felt unsafe in my family, like, when I, was getting death threats right, like letters written to me like people were finding my address and i was trying to like tell people that nobody wanted to help nicole find out her black experience nobody actually in my family tried to like soothe me or talk to me about any of this or you know be like hey you know like i know you're going through a lot is there any way that i can help like i wanted to do a dna ancestry test so bad like i've always had the fear that like my black side owned my white side like I used to make a joke of it but it was actually like a real fucking fear that I had and it was hard it was really fucking hard it was really fucking hard um but I also think that I learned that some people mostly all of them (laughs) are they just were no longer aligned with me That they were not aligned with the path that I was going down, my future, my goals. Like This is really what started my spiritual awakening. And if you want to know exactly how I felt during my spiritual awakening, I do have a spiritual awakening episode that you can go ahead and watch um, where I basically break down everything that happened to me during my spiritual awakening. I kind of go a little bit into the story, but not too much. Not as in-depth as this episode. But yeah, so that kind of started my spiritual awakening. Now, fast forward to I stopped protesting and I was trying to make my fucking family happy. Ah! So, it really is fucking crazy. And I think I'm gonna go ahead and stop the episode right here and possibly do a part two where we go ahead and we dive into how I stopped going to protests to try to make my family happy and try to get back in good with them and how that kind of happened and what it was like and what the final straws were and how I felt like I couldn't express my blackness. Tell you guys what happened on Christmas and how I literally made my aunt Jenny fucking cry on Christmas because we couldn't communicate like adults. And how I just wanted to flex my big ass dick um, because I finally got my I got hit by a car money. So I can tell you how that happened and everything that happened with there. So I think I'm going to go ahead and put a pin in this right now. We're going to go ahead and do a part two. But that is part one of my Meghan Markle story and just kind of setting up how living in the kingdom of glass was, what kind of happened, why I got kicked out. And we're going to dive deep into that kind of next part next time. So I just want to thank you guys for being a part of this journey and listening to me kind of ramble about what it was like to live in my family, what it's like to be biracial in my family. Um, I've had a lot of people ask me, Nikki, what's your story? What's your story? And I've been kind of like debating whether or not how I wanted to record my story and stuff like that, what I wanted to name it. But now seeing that there's other biracial people out there that went through something very similar of getting kicked out of their family um, during 2020 and realizing that a lot of the people that they were hanging out with were possibly racist or super ignorant or didn't even want to change, didn't even want to see that their country was built on some lies and some fucked up shit. I know there was a lot of people out there like that. And when I saw Meghan Markle share her story it literally told me that i needed to share mine 58 58 on the count it literally told me that i needed to share mine guys and i want everybody to feel welcome there's always someone somewhere here at the biracially unfiltered family table and i want you guys to feel that i want you to know that this is a safe space and all those wonderful things so Thank you so much for tuning in to this Tuesday's episode. Make sure that you go outside, get some nature, and stay motherfucking unfiltered. And I, Nikki C., will see you next motherfucking Tuesday. Bye, guys.